This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Johnny Smith. Uh, with me today, we have a whole family. Uh, with father being an analyst in a specific government agency, which we won't talk about because I think it makes it more fascinating. Uh, the owner of Ways of Hayes Fitness, LLC. Uh, they're both writers of upcoming books. And the whole family dabbles in modeling and acting. Uh, welcome to the program, Scott, Sarah, Gavin, and Xander. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Um, now, it, you guys say in your bio that you are firm believers in the law of attraction, and you, you've stated it numerous times, so I'm very curious, first off, what is it and how do you apply it? Correct. So it's just manifesting basically your faith into reality, and it's the law of basically everything is made out of energy okay, and vibrates on a certain level. And let's say you want a, we'll use a vehicle, say a Lamborghini. Okay. Make it exciting. And you focus on that Lamborghini, you focus on that vehicle, you actually change the vibration, the atoms, <laughs> and within that Lamborghini to vibrate towards you. This involves a lot. You can't just think about it. You have to picture yourself driving that Lamborghini, going down the interstate, holding that steering wheel, the feel of it. So you have to attach emotion to it. Okay. All right. It. You have to attach emotion when you attach emotion. And that uh, you guys use that, and that works for you? We do. We keep a vision board at home, and um, we all four have our own little place, and whatever we want, we just print off a picture and stick it up there so we can look at it and focus on it. Um, kind of comes naturally to Xander. He, he's the most confident person you'll ever meet in your life. He goes to auditions, and he says, yeah, I'll get the part, and he does. Um, well, that's a good segue. And Xander, tell me about yourself. Uh, you do some acting? Uh, yeah, I've been in a good bit of movies. Uh, I think five movies. I think it's. Been. I think it's six now. Six movies. Six movies. Which is uh, a anti-bullying movie named Zombie Club. Uh, a uh, like a low budget uh, <laughs> police movie. Speak it. Police movie uh, named uh, Dispatch. Okay. <laughs> a, a horror movie called Midnight. Another uh, low budget movie called Being Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Throw in the shade right right away. There's <laughs> a reason for that. Oh yeah, who do you say I am? That's a short film. Okay. Uh, like a uh, yeah, Christian, like a Christian religious movie. Um, what was the sixth one? Well, you know, we had uh, we actually filmed one, but then it kind of got pulled. Uh, there was a messy situation. We have that. We've um, we keep losing count because well you know get parts in movies or we'll actually go film movies and then they never get made so so i think is it five that you've actually completed that yeah. are being made yeah maybe and gavin you're an actor as well no nah, not really no yeah that's more that's more his thing it's, um just kind of do my own thing okay well just out of curiosity what what is your thing honestly i don't know yet like i mean I've, i tried the acting tried a little bit of modeling just didn't really seem to fit me. Okay. Didn't seem to be my thing. So. Okay, that's fair enough. I will say, uh, from the the law of attraction, it seems to be working for you guys, because I see a successful family. Now, 
Uh, do you act as well, either one of you? Uh, Xander pretty much started it, and so we kind of got into it with him. And um, I ended up being extras in most of his movies, and okay. I just was around it because I was taking him to do it and uh, kind of opened up my eyes to like, wait a minute, I can do this too. And um, I've only done one thing without him so far, but I I like it. It's okay. a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, coming through the entertainment industry, I believe that's how we met on uh, Pittsburgh Entertainment Industry Networking yes. page. Yep. And uh, first off, thank you for coming on. I want to thank all of you guys oh, specifically yes. because, you know, it's not always easy to get people to travel. You guys came from Charleston? Uh, actually, Fairmont. Fairmont's Fairmont. About an hour and a half. West Virginia. Like Pittsburgh, so yeah, okay. any excuse to come here. You guys had lunch beforehand? <laughs> we did at DeLuca's. Okay. Now, uh, you've always had a, a penchant for uh, fighting for what's right or, or trying to pursue justice. Sure. Um, even as a little child. But, but growing up, school wasn't your thing? It was not my thing. Uh, <laughs> how far back do you want to go? Uh, let's just go to high school. Let's high school. rock with high school. Okay. So, yeah, I had a lot of issue with authority. I still do. <laughs> Almost joined the military a couple of times, but knew that, you know, it wouldn't work out. But, um, yeah, just struggle in school, not so much with the academic side of it, but I, mean, I guess somewhat academic because I felt that what I was learning was not going to translate to, you know, normal life. Mm -hmm. life. Absolutely. Um, the thing with school, I'm going to talk bad about school for a little bit. You ever heard about the story of Icarus and Daedalus? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Flying so, too close to the sun? Exactly. And that's how they told it up until about the 1700s. They told, well, they told it differently up until the 1700s. The real story is, you know, Daedalus, Icarus got in the de desert. Daedalus makes his son some wings. He tells him not to fly too high or the wax will melt. He'll fall to his death. Also, he told him not to fall, fall or not to fly too low because the mist from the water would ruin the wax. He would fall to his death. Mm -hmm. Well, they only told, uh, since the 1700s, they told the story of don't fly too high. They never said don't fly too low. Okay. All right, so in the 1700s, school was created. You know why school was, was created? Public school? No, I don't. It was created by <laughs> factory owners to create compliant factory workers mm. out of fear that people can go off and do their own thing. That's why school was set up in the way that it is. School was not my thing either. <clears throat> I am a, uh, a fellow uh, GED recipient. I uh, could not do it. It's not for me. But I understand that. So you immediately touched on, though, you are uh, opposed to authority which is fascinating because at around 30 years old, which seems a little bit later in life, sure. you became a police officer. He wants to sure. be the authority. He, wa he wa Respect my authority. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's plenty of positions I could have went into where I had just as, you know, as much authority as a police officer. Yeah. It wasn't about that. It was about just wanting to do good. Um, what do good to the good and do bad to the bad. Yeah. What led you down the road? Like, how did you, where did you come up one day and say, you know what, I should join the police force? I mean, it started when I was a kid, you know. Um, I mentioned some of the shows I used to watch. Like um, Miami Vice was the ultimate. That was the one that, okay. that really got me thinking about law enforcement. Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. A team. I love the A team. Yeah. <laughs> Chips. All those shows where you had people fighting, fighting for good. I think even MacGyver. MacGyver's in there. Yeah. 
G.I. Joe. Yeah. You could always find me with some toy guns around my waist and, and knives. <laughs> so it was always a part of me. Um, and then uh, as I got older, um, it stayed with me. And when I was a teenager, I was I was quite a uh, troublesome mm-hmm. troublemaker. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Anybody that's listening to the podcast knows that. Yeah. I actually threatened to leave him because I had to talk to the police once, and I said I will never do that again for something that you did. Let's let, you know what? Let's jump into that. That's life, but for her it wasn't. So. L- let's jump into that real quick. You guys met uh, in high school and got together, what, 16? He was. I'm actually two years older. He was 16. We had just had our birthdays. Uh, we, well, we just had our birthdays in November tw- 22nd, 25th, but he was 16 and I was 18. And the law of attraction, he was using it way back then. He just didn't know what it was because uh, he was a freshman and I was a junior. And uh, people kept coming up. You know who Scott Hayes is? I'm like, no, I don't know who he is. He thinks you're the hottest girl in the school. So I'm hearing this for like a year. (laughs) And I was like, well, he's cute. He'll be cute when he gets older. And then we ended up um, having common friends and uh, lots of things happened. We ended up moving in together as teenagers in high school, mm-hmm. um, like two weeks after we started dating. Oh, wow. Uh, life circumstances, uh, that sometimes things just happen, and uh, we moved in, and January 7th is when we decided to call it official, and I was already living there by February. Okay, and you guys have been together ever since. 1997. What, what, how many years is this? Uh, it will be 24? 24 years, January 24 7th. 24 years. I tell you what, I am a sop. For a love story like that, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. When I was reading about this, I teared up a little bit. It's uh-huh. it's beautiful. It's good to see us, and it's nice to see a, a family that's you know s- seems to work together and and get through it all. Well, I'll tell you that she she straightened me up. So I mentioned being a troublemaker. Um, a lot of it I cannot get into. Sure. <laughs> um, but kicked out of school multiple times for fighting, skipping school, smoking in the bathroom. Just I just didn't care about anything. Um, Smoking in the bathroom, not to interrupt. It feels like a real 1950s thing to do. (laughs) What happened to you? I was smoking in the bathroom. (laughs) Does that still even occur, Gavin? Is that a thing? It's it's, it's vaping in the bathroom now. Yeah, they vape in the bathroom. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, she kind of gave me an ultimatum. She mentioned she was questioned questioned about the police or from the police. Because I was 18 and he was 16. Something I did. And I was going to get in trouble because I was the adult. Yeah. And I'm sure they were just trying to threaten me, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. trying to make you yeah, fold, you know. You know, We'll throw the book at you. Yeah. Already, you know, such and such is right. I'd never right even talked to the police on. before. That was my first time. I was a good girl, yeah. kind of. So she gave me an ultimatum, said either straighten up or, you know, I'm done. And I cared about her definitely enough to straighten up. And most of the way did. That's well. That's beautiful. You know, that's beautiful. So at thirty, you become a cop. How is that an? Ex- how is the experience for you? Because you're an older rookie than sure. I would assume the others. Yeah. So I got into that time when I was a teenager. We'll just go back a little bit. Okay. And um, of course, I had a lot of run-ins with the law that you know were not were not good. Um, totally caused by me. Something that you know, no fault of the police. Definitely deserved it. But I, I want to. He was just like kind of like a hellraiser. He was never into like drugs or anything like that. He would just put garbage bags in the middle of the road so people would, you know, <laughs> hit him with. You know, it was stupid, you know. That's some mild stuff. Mild. I mean, it, yeah, yeah so I mean that's never was never 
Never got into drugs. So you're not stabbing single mothers. You're just playing bad pranks no, on me. nothing about other than fights I got in, you know, with other okay. you know, people my age. But um, To be fair, though, I would want to fight, too, if you threw my garbage in the middle of the road or if I ran it over. Yeah. Well, I think the only time she's been shot at was with me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're and not going to skim I over think, that. I think that was prior to the uh, – the, um, ultimatum to we used to have this fascination with going to abandoned houses and we chose the wrong abandoned house one time and well that was one time, but oh, one time okay. I specifically targeted a uh, child molester I, I he, first off you're not saying anything wrong yet we're doing know. some stuff to his house and uh, <laughs> he came outside and kept agging him on and boom shotgun blast right, oh yeah right our way yeah. he <laughs> plashed close. me to the ground because I wanted to run pretty close yeah. too um he wouldn't let me run. Yeah. I don't, uh, you know, so just I'm, I'm glad you didn't get hurt, but I don't think you necessarily did anything wrong there. Again, though, I know it's 2020, and from your general ages, I can I can point out where the time frame this happens, but going to an abandoned uh, houses and getting shot at by some kooky guy is, is another night. What are you, Scooby-Doo guys? Like, I yeah. love it. It's so charming. Like, everything <laughs> seems so, uh, it's like a more pure... Uh, a situation, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that was a fascination. I mean, still is somewhat, but haven't done it in a long time. Just find abandoned houses, abandoned buildings, and go explore. Well, we just did a photo shoot in an abandoned uh, factory a couple months ago. Uh, yeah. I was supposed to choose the location, and I was like, I want to do an abandoned building. So, um, yeah. I have, a, I have a question about that yeah. because, uh, like, I do some amateur paranormal investigating, but I also like looking for old and weird places. These abandoned places you go to you just go to them or is there any like thing to worry about to keep away any uh well i mean if we're to do it now i would probably either i'm always carrying a gun get permission of a landowner <laughs> well it's always that but yeah get permission what? from the landowner okay. if there's a house on the property um or if there's no trespassing signs if there's no no trespassing signs um i think that building doesn't have any maybe I'm a bit of a. There's a homeless person living in that building that we go to, so obviously. Okay. But we usually bring him canned food and put it near his bed. So. Oh, that's nice. I uh I don't as as a conspiracy theorist, I don't really worry about like the no trespassing signs when it's private property. I probably should, but I worry about like sneaking onto some government secret. Like that's always what I worry about. But, you know, that's not going to happen with me. The way the no trespassing signs work, is. And I'm not, you know, giving you permission to go on some of these property that has no trespassing signs. But if you get on that property, they can tell you to leave, and that's fine. You can leave. I mean, obviously, they can't charge you, right? Mm-hmm. The police have to come there and tell you to leave, and then you have to refuse to leave. Oh. And then they can charge you. Oh, so it's not even a so big deal. You could just leave, and what, nothing would happen. Oh. Well, that— They can't automatically get on the scene and charge you. They have, <laughs> they have to, you know, give you a warning first to leave the property. I'm going to be a terror on private property now. <laughs> and you'll be charged. I'm just going to be everywhere. Just tell me to leave. <laughs> I'll leave. But I'm going to show up tomorrow. Um, okay. So you're a youngster. Yeah. So I was dealing with, the, you know, law in that way. It's a negative way. And then um, this is kind of a long story, but I'll just touch on it briefly. Um, we had a friend's mom that was murdered. And... It's a long story, but I ended up testifying against the mm-hmm. killer, and actually we gave gave the police his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at our house the night that it happened. Um, something that touched me and her, 
and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are never be the same. But we got to see, um, or at least I got to see a side of law enforcement that I've, I've never, I never saw prior to that. And I remember being at the station, giving our statement, and they were, they were getting ready to pick this guy up, and I thought, man, these guys, these troopers are getting ready to pick up like a truly evil person, mm-hmm. take him off the street for good. And it, they kind of like flipped a switch in there. Like, okay. Right, let's, let's pursue, let's go ahead and pursue law enforcement. I believe I was 19 at the time. Um, I took uh, took the state police test, West Virginia state police test. There was an issue, and I gave it up for a little while. Worked various jobs. Like Gavin was born, I was working three jobs. You know, yeah, respect Gavin to hustle. Baby, when you were uh, testing for the state police, That's yeah. Gavin, so yeah. it was about. I was probably twenty. Seventeen years ago. Yeah. Um, so, kind of just put it to the side for a little bit, and then tested again for the department I worked for. Uh, for six years when I was 30. Okay. Okay. And I, I, you read, you know, I read uh, what you sent me, your bio. You've had many uh, cases. Um, great, great record, essentially. But Thank one you. thing stands out specifically, and that was the uh, the capture of, you said, a, a cop killer in the, a forest? Ended up being, mm-hmm. yeah, being a, ended up being a cop killer. To me, that so, sounds like a scene, like, right out of a movie. You know, so uh, just, what what was the situation there? You know, what had happened is night shift. Um, I think it was eleven thirty, twelve, and close to midnight. I went to question someone in reference to a some vandalism, maybe attempted burglary call, and got the guy's address. He was just outside of uh, city limits in the Charleston, and get to his house. Just this shock by the railroad tracks, basically. And I hear some movement around the side of the house. I go around the side of the house. And I'm, I'm by myself. Hadn't even told... I don't even think I told my sergeant, which is a big no-no, where I was at and what I was doing. Um, I might have called out with Metro, but I didn't give him specifics. On okay. What was going on. Um, and I see this guy, and he takes off running. Runs across the tracks. I take off after him. And on foot. Yeah, on foot. I'm out of the vehicle at this point. And there's a big embankment on the other side of the tracks. And he's, it's like he's thinking about sliding down it, but he wasn't really sure yeah. what to do. So I made, I made up his mind for him. I tackled him. And we went rolling down the embankment. <laughs> I like it. And the, the river was there. I knew the river was there. Yeah. But I couldn't see anything. It was dark, you know. Um, and I had a short sleeve on. I usually just wore a short sleeve. I had this like old school leather jacket. It was super awesome, man. <laughs> I bought it off eBay. It was like one of those old school cop leather jackets. It was a motorcycle. Okay. Jacket. Shoes, I'd just wear that if I got cold. But I had just a short sleeve one. We're rolling down the hill and I'm just waiting for the splash. Like I'm like ready to go in the water. Um, luckily, we're still, when we stopped rolling, we we're still probably 12 feet from the water. Um, and it was weird at the bottom. He was the only one <laughs> had any in- injuries, you know. Oh. There was no one around. We got to spend some quality time together. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So he had some, some decent injuries, and we could not. Rough fall. It was a rough fall. Yeah, it was a rough fall. Um, we couldn't get back up the embankment. I mean, he was in no condition anyway. I couldn't, I couldn't even climb back up the embankment. So this, this is when I called my sergeant. Uh, former Army Ranger, legit dude. Just, I loved working with this guy. Told him where I was, and he said, well, 
I, I gave him the best description I could. I remember I could see a sign, one of those big green, green signs that said Charleston. Yeah. And I said, man, we're on, um, I think it was Dunbar Avenue or the road that transitions from Dunbar Avenue into Charleston. So we're on this road, man, we're underneath that big sign. We're down over the hill. Um, so he comes, and we ended up having to call the fire department. Okay. And they throw down a rope, and I tie a rope, <laughs> tie a rope around this guy, and they pull him up. Yeah. And I ended up just, I, I climbed up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's impressive. Um, anyway, anyway, so he gets loaded up in an ambulance and take him to the hospital. I fall over in my cruiser. Because at this point he's under he's under arrest, he's, you know he's in custody. Um, get to the hospital, he has no ID whatsoever, so I get his name and date of birth, and I go back to my station and I run his information, run his criminal history, and I hear the printer is just going and going and going mm -hmm. and going. I'm like, man, that's you know, you just never know who you got, right? So I went in and pulled the pulled the paperwork off and. First thing I'm starting to see is a couple charges. Like he had some uh, child sexual abuse charges. Oh no! So I'm feeling. I mean, that's a bad thing, but I'm feeling good about yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. You took point, him right? off yeah. the street. Yeah. Keep seeing violent charges. There's, I mean, there's every charge you can think of. You know, reference to drugs, theft, and then I see a second degree murder of a police. They called it a peace officer, but it's a police officer in California. Mm -hmm. He'd been convicted. I forget the date. It was uh, maybe the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so a convicted cop killer. Um, oh wow! I mean, that sounds like an intense situation. That guy just was doing everything, though. Like, yeah, wow, yeah, he, was. Um, he was all over the gambit. He, <laughs> I heard he was making threats. It was about a month, maybe two months later, he was making threats towards me. <laughs> I got word. So now he, well, I waited for him to come into town one night and stopped him, pulled him over, and. uh We'll see what he's wanting to do. Get up to his car, <laughs> car window. He it's very old west. I like yeah. it. <laughs> he doesn't even recognize me. Yeah. And his face still looked different. Well. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have Two fallen months. down the hill. Two months later. Now, uh, what what led you uh, out of being a police officer? Because obviously today there's a lot of uh, social pressures, I guess, as a, as a police officer. Did that play a role in it? No, not at all. Okay. I, um, I endured, Money. Yeah. Uh, good answer. I endured many of those um, those cases, whatever you want to call them. The mm. media gets hung up on. You know, yeah. We, we had many when I was a police officer. Um, so it wasn't that at all. It okay. Was, <laughs> it was basically what she said, just money. I, I liked, I, at times I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, loved what I did. I made a difference in a lot of people's lives. Uh, good and bad, you know that guy that I talked about just a little bit. He'll never forget me. Yeah. Every time, looking, every time he looks in the mirror, he's gonna remember me. But we couldn't hardly afford to pay our bills, and he never got to go to wrestling matches. Or basically, I was. Um, he doesn't like when I say this, and I, I, of course, he was there because I saw him every day. But I said I was married single because everything was on mm. me because he was either sleeping or working swing shift, twelve hour shifts. Yeah. Um, See, that's what I feel is unfortunate about the police right now because I've spoken to a lot of officers I would consider bad officers but from listening to you you sound like you wanted to do good if if That's someone it. like you could have been compensated more we would have better people out in the streets and not have so much conflict exactly but 
you know, yeah. who am I? I'm just a fat comic. I had a, <laughs> <laughs> from day one, I had a very exciting career. Um, I experienced a lot. I've compared stories with guys from New York SWAT, and they're like, man, you know, stuff. He got to fire his gun like his first week out of uh, the academy. I mean, it was yeah, at a pig. I, I killed a but... wild, yeah, that time, yeah. <laughs> that time, or that was a wild boar. That was a that was you know, a hard left. That took a hard <laughs> left. <laughs> so I knew right then, like I'm gonna have a exciting, exciting career. I most did. people I got never even fire their gun. Tons so. of pursuits, probably the most in the county, um, for that for six years. Okay. Uh, tons. My bio has all kinds of stuff in there. You know? Yeah, it's it's very fascinating. Um, um, real. Go ahead. Humans and dogs bit by you know I mean just yeah I I cruisers. forgot to mention that humans and dogs the dogs I understandable uh, I want to hear about the human who bit you. Uh, that, that particular, um, time was they were serving a search warrant and I was the first one, <laughs> if I remember right, they wanted me to carry a shield, which I didn't like doing. If it was high risk, we thought there was going to be weapons in there. We had this shield we could use. If you don't train with that thing, like I trained a lot with, with my handgun and mm-hmm. with, you know, some other tools I had, knives and such. Um, I was very good with my tools, right? Very comfortable. I had to use them, but they want me to carry this 75 pound shield. I never even, mm-hmm. I've seen it, you saw it in the closet before, but I've never trained with it. You know, they want me, I love to be first through the door, you know, just that, that ego. Like, I signed up to be a police officer, police officer experience a lot of things to help good people, but also, I mean, I grew up watching Miami Vice. So yeah, I, I mean, your bio reads like an action hero, if I'm being action, honest. You know, I wanted the action, yeah. Um, so I went in first with this shield. And encountered a guy who was sleeping on a recliner. And I believe it was a, I can't remember, it might have been a no-knock warrant. In that case, you don't have to knock. You just kick in the door and go. Mm-hmm. But I encountered the guy, he's sleeping, and he wakes up. I remember, like, should I hit him with the shield? I just <laughs> charge him and hit him with the shield? Or just put it down? Because I could tell you didn't have any weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, I just put it down. We went hands-on. And in the midst of it, <laughs> he... He bit, um, I think it was my pinky finger. Oh. Yeah, he chomped down on it pretty good. Um, and we got him to release it. <laughs> he ended up going to the hospital as well. Oh, boy. And I, I had to go, too, because I had to get a tetanus shot. Yeah. I, uh, but, you know, I talked to him. We put him in a car. Um, and I ended up, it was never personal. Well, maybe with that one guy, child molesters, it'll always be personal. Cause I can respect that. No excuse for that. I can respect that. I that's, just want to. That's worse than the cop killer. Put it put it out in the uh, world out there that if you know me and you know I'm missing some teeth, do not think I'm still not a bite risk. <laughs> <laughs> I will chomp down with what I have left. Um, I, when I went. I was cruising. And talked to him. I said, "Hey, man, you know, do you have anything I need to be aware of?" Like. And he, okay. He apologized for yeah. fighting me and stuff. I mean, he just woke up to that, so I can't really blame him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a rough way to wake up. Yeah, but I talked to him for a minute. It's, you know, no hard feelings, man. But I like, I need to know if you have something because he bit, bit my finger and bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everything's good. I went and got a tetanus shot. Well, that's good. I I I see that you are a uh, MMA veteran, and you have completed uh, in jujitsu and wrestling for many years. Um, first yeah. off, I think it's very important for people in a police force to have proper training like that, jujitsu sure. and what have you. Yes. So I commend you on that. But uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, so back when, I wouldn't even call it MMA. Back when I was doing it, um, it was kind of before MMA got started. I got out of it just as it was getting 
getting big. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why I got out of it. It has to do with it getting big. But, yeah, so I started in um, Japanese jiu-jitsu. And under um, my sensei was Warren Osley. Uh, rest in peace. Passed a few years ago. Um, great trainer. And fought under him for a little bit. My first fight was six months after I started training. I was also training with a buddy of mine that I worked with at the time at a car dealership that was a great boxer. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching him some jiu-jitsu, and he was teaching me boxing. Okay. So I had a little bit of boxing, but most of it was just street fight. Um, I was blessed with the right hand, so I have a lot of power in my right hand. But other than that, going into that fight, um, my first fight, didn't have a lot of, a lot of training. Um, and that fight, I think you post, you post this, that's the one you posted a while back. Um, that fight, just to give you a little background on it, um, my fighter, I was supposed, I was fighting at 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. My fighter didn't show up, and I had probably there was like close to a thousand people there to watch this fight. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a big fight. Bless you. Bless you, man. Thank you. And we had probably 50 people that I knew of, not necessarily members that came come and see me fight. But 50 people that I knew because there was a couple other people in the cards. And you want to perform? Yeah, I just want to fight. Didn't care who yeah. it was. So they came to me and said, hey, you know, your guy didn't show up. But we had this other fighter. His guy didn't show up, but he's 205. You care? And I said, no, I don't care who it is. Just, I got people here. I'm ready, and I want to fight. Um, they took me in to meet him. He was getting his hands wrapped. He didn't really want to talk. So I was like, okay. So I went back to the dressing room, and like just sitting there, waiting to warm up. Yeah. I didn't really know when I was going to fight. <laughs> I remember I was in there by myself. Hadn't had my hands wrapped or anything. When you get your hands wrapped, it's like a concrete block. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps a lot. There's no, I mean, it's just it's like a brick. Mm-hmm. Didn't have my hands wrapped. I was eating a Snickers bar sitting there. I think I had my gi on, but that was about it. They come in and say, hey, Scott, you're up. I was like, I'm up. Oh, so no warm-up. Like, I don't have gloves or anything on me. Like, yeah. They threw me some gloves. Put the gloves on. I'm still chewing Snickers trying to get my mouthpiece in. And your hands aren't taped. Not taped. I just wrapped their four-ounce gloves. I just wrapped them. There was like this little dinky thing for yeah. the wrist, you know. There's no wrist support. So he's already got a 20-pound advantage, and his hands are wrapped properly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and to come to find out later, I did not notice this, nor would I have cared. Um, he was a black belt. Mm. I think in Taekwondo. Okay. But black belt and something, and black belts can be a little bit overrated, but still, he, he did something to get that black belt right. Um, so, yeah, I'm walking out here trying to get the Snickers out of my mouth and get the mouthpiece in and go down, and, you know, we the fight, the fight starts, and it ends well for me. Okay. Um, Knockout. <laughs> oh, congrats, man. Yeah, I'll tell you, thank you, and I'll tell you, I learned something about civilization um, for society that day. Because knocked him out and it was a it was a brutal knockout. It just lights out, right? And the crowd goes completely crazy. But that's not. I mean, when I remember leaving, like after they did the whole hand raising and all that, I remember walking down the steps and seeing. I was probably twenty three years old at the time, maybe. I remember seeing just some middle aged women, one in particular, just. Just screaming bloody murder. I had no idea who this lady yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah. Like, 
Screaming Bloody Murder, and it made me think of the Coliseum. Yeah, the Gladiators. Yeah. Yeah. You could easily bring that back. Oh, without question. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> People I'm, think that you can't. Yes, you could. This is going to make me watch. sound like a terrible person, but I would pay good money to watch that type of stuff. People get torn up by lions. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like you, I would watch that. You have that. to bring it back slowly. Right? Yeah. You can Start out with a with a guy versus like a dog, yeah. you know, something like that. Maybe a guy beats up a dog, you know, yes. one win, so it's possible. And like, so, how about a how about a, a cougar, you know, something. You know, yeah. That would be for somebody that doesn't even know me to be that happy about a violent knockout. Yeah. <laughs> just that always stuck with me, you know. And I was young then; I didn't know much about yeah. people, you know. I mean, now uh, the martial arts. Uh, would you say we have a wrestler over here? Yeah, used to. Well, yeah, they're both. Xander's actually belted in Japanese jiu-jitsu, and Gavin's belted in Japanese, and he's trying to get back into, he's in Brazilian now, but he's having some rehab back stuff that we're trying to get straightened okay. out. Okay. Uh, anywhere you guys want to take that, or is just, you know, I mean, it's good to have for general life purposes, but any uh, motivation uh, with it? That's about as far as it is. Just a little side thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A belt system with uh, Brazilian. That's what he's doing yeah. now. That's why I end up getting into... So, um, Brazilian is way more difficult than Japanese. Yeah, I've yeah, never heard of Japanese jiu-jitsu. It's always Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I've yeah, heard of. Brazilian, Japanese has a lot of stand-up, a lot of okay. kicks and punches. But yeah, it's um, very superior as far as when you get to the ground. Mm -hmm. That's what I understand, yeah. Um, the black belt that I trained under, or got belted under, I got a blue belt, and then shortly after that I quit. Um, I'd like to go back and get my purple, which I hope maybe – me and him can do it together. Sometime. Yeah. Father, son, purple belt. That'd be nice. I want to yeah. say something about the that night. That was the first time I had ever seen him fight, and I was really nervous. I didn't know how it was going to go. I was supposed to get a babysitter. It didn't work out, so I had to take my baby with me. Oh, boy. And everything, and um, I was all nervous. And then he knocked the guy out, and then I was like, I like this. I think I can do this. Like, <laughs> like I don't have any reason to be scared, and you know, because he was really good. So yeah. it, it got it made it a lot easier to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. He I'm wasn't sure beaten up. He was pounding on somebody. I'm and sure it would have been a lot different if it. he was uh, on the other side of yes. it. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, no, because my late wife, I'm sure she would have been the same way. Like, if I would have fought, if I would have lost, it would have been never again. If I would have won, she'd be like, well, maybe we could do this, you know? Yeah, and also, I can watch the punches and kicks all day long, but it's like the joint manipulation mm -hmm. when if they don't tap, then I know something's going to break. That's what gets me. Yeah. Uh, I did some training, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm real stiff. So, like, when I would be in holds and whatnot, I was always worried that it was going to break. Because I'm I'm so stiff for some reason. That's why um, you tap. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah, ligaments and tendons will, will tear first before the bone wash. <laughs> That's you're better off with bone breaks, really. Versus, really? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. You're talking major surgery for tendons and ligaments. I didn't know any of that. Now, um, you're the owner of Ways for Hayes Fitness LLC. That's something you creative and you do together. Yeah, it's an LLC. I created. Um, beginning of the year maybe end of last year and it's not very it's not active right now i don't do anything with it um i think it's warren bennis says you know the more you learn the more you earn okay. i don't feel right charging people i still have a full-time career so most of the stuff i do is pro bono mm -hmm. moment. you know people can reach out to me by the way um it says he specializes in Fat loss and weight management, weight training for muscular gain, strength, power, fat loss, and bone density, which is especially important for women. Uh, hormones, anti-aging, biohacking, improving performance, physical and mental, 
stress management, sleep issues, and digestion issues. But there's uh, we're pre-programmed to to overeat almost, aren't we? Is there something True. to that? There is something to that, yes. <laughs> so transitions. That's what I'm good for, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the way our ancestors used to eat, um, we're talking, you know, forty thousand years ago, mm-hmm. is they have what was called an optimal foraging equation, okay? And that then would equal energy, the energy spent and the time spent to get that food. Okay. The calories that that food, that food has, okay? Because you can't go out and spend a bunch of calories, expend a bunch of calories, and then, you know, let's say you go out and expend 300 calories getting food, and that food only has 100 calories. Yeah. All right, that's not very, that equation is not very good. So that's what they had built into their brains. All right, so when these tribes will go out and hunt, and there's still some tribes that are active today, the Hatsa tribe is one of them. When they go out and hunt, obviously they're hunting for an animal, but if they come across an apple tree or a beehive, they will stop what they're doing and sit down and eat up to 30 apples. And a lot of this work's been done by um, Stefan Guyanay, which actually gave a uh, presentation on his book, which is called Hungry Brain. Mm-hmm. Excellent book. Um, dude, he, he's been on um, Joe Rogan okay. podcast. Honestly, this yeah. I, I've been thinking this the whole interview. This is the closest interview I've ever had to feel like Joe Rogan. Because it's not just crazy stuff. It's like an actual fascinating conversation. Like, I'm really feeling the part today. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, so I spoke with him on the phone um, for quite a while about his book and you know before I presented on it. Um, but he's done a lot of research on this. But, yeah, so they would sit down and eat up to 30 apples. Or oranges, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and <laughs> equivalent to about half a gallon of honey. They were just gorgeous. Oh, man. Yeah, because okay. they didn't know when they were going to come across it again. Yeah. And the thing with that food in particular, carbohydrates, you know, sugar. Sugar is what fuels high-intensity activity, mm-hmm. which back then was either fighting for your life, mm-hmm. it's another tribe member or another tribe, or running from a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's very important. Um, carbohydrate fuels high intensity activity. Fat would fuel like your everyday, just like we're sitting around now or walking slow. Um, See, people think I'm just lazy, but I'm smarter than I look. I'm prepared <laughs> to sit around all goddamn day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're eating carbohydrates on top of that, then you're, yes, the Actually, I've been, on, I've been on the uh, carnivore diet for about six months now, uh, and I've okay. dropped uh, 50, 55 pounds. I want to okay. talk to you yeah. about that. Off oh, go the ahead. record. Yeah. Oh, off the record? Oh, no, we actually, or, I'm not shy. We can talk. Yeah, about bring it up. Yeah, I have tons of gastro issues. There's, I don't eat gluten. I've, I actually debated on the carnivore diet mm-hmm. just because I have, I mean, I, I actually got my food to go. I just ate a little bit of eggs when we went to eat because I was afraid to eat my actual omelet because I didn't want to have a stomach ache when we were sitting here. So I'm like, okay. oh, I'll eat when I get home. But just, I have. There's no rhyme or reason. I cannot figure it out. I've had a hysterectomy. I've had like this and that, testing, tubes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's wrong with me. They're like, well, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. But I actually thought about that. How do you feel with a carnivore diet? Um, as it's physically, mentally, like Both. all, yeah. um, phenomenal. Like I feel great. I feel healthier than I've been, you know, my, my entire adult life. Um, it's easy to follow. Yeah. Like it gets a little boring because mm-hmm. it's just meat, but you can spice meat up right you know um and like i'm down to it now that i only eat a certain amount 
but you can eat meat you know until you're hungry and when you when you you know how when you eat a regular meal you get that heavy feeling sometimes <laughs> you get sluggish there would be times early in the beginning where i'd eat a pound and a half two pounds of ground meat and be full but not feel like it's because you were eating those carbs before which is yeah. why you had all the sluggish feelings and all that and there's a lot of blood sugar the 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 diet i'm on now it's it's been the easiest for me to try because I could never stick to a regular diet. And uh, it, it turned into a lifestyle change so quick. Like within a month and a half, I look at carbs like they're, uh, you know, I don't want no parts. I don't yeah. touch bread. I don't do none of that. How did it affect your potty pattern in the beginning? That's my concern. It was rough. Okay. Um, that's my concern. At first, there was a lot of uh, mixed greens, we'll call them. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> After that, we're like, whoa, 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 hold up, don't throw anything else out. And that got, you know, all right, this is crazy. And uh, I actually broke my diet with chocolate laxatives because of that. But after like a month and a half, you regulate okay. to it being a normal process. Right. You know? So let me give you something you can do that'll help with that as well. And also just. Some of these tools, we have the carnivore diet, we have the keto diet, we have intermittent fasting. There's all these these fads going on right now. And they all work, don't get me wrong. Some of them work because they cut out whole food groups. In mm -hmm. your case, you're cutting out a lot of foods, right? Yeah, ab <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. You know what it is, though? For me, I I can't, like, portion control. Like, it's you know, they say two ounces of this cheese. And no, if I'm going to have it, it's gonna I'm going to make it crazy. You know? That's... And kind of going back, kind of going back and forth here, but as far as, I will right, we'll touch on this first. So the carnivore diet is mostly is meat. You're going to have some fat in there too, depending mm -hmm. on what type of meat you eat. Keto diet is actually mostly fat. A lot of people get it wrong, and they'll have too much protein. Mm -hmm. When you have too much protein, you're like, you're getting a lot of protein. A lot of that's converted, although you're not having any carbohydrates directly, mm -hmm. a lot of it is converted via a process called gluconeogenesis to carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. It's converting a lot of that protein to carbohydrates. All right. So his body is still reacting as though he's eating the carbs. No, no, you're not getting you're not getting as much of the insulin spike or the, the blood sugar rise and the insulin issues. A lot of people nowadays have what they call insulin resistance. Okay. Or they eat, eat carbs all day long. Their body doesn't know how to manage. They become insulin resistant. They make so much insulin, like their blood sugar rises. Insulin's released, it's lower mm -hmm. blood sugar, put it into the cells, but they're doing that so much that their body quits listening, the brain quits listening to insulin. It's, okay. It's like, there's no way, like, <laughs> this is too much, kind of like crying wolf. Okay. Yeah, there's it. no way you need this. Yeah. Okay. So insulin's elevated all the time, um, produces insulin resistance. And that's the issue. People cannot tap into their, their own body fat nowadays because they're eating carbohydrates. Say you get up, you have... Even something like oatmeal, mm -hmm. right? blood sugar rises, insulin rises. Insulin has to be low for your body to tap into its own body fat stores, but it never happens, right? Because people are eating carbohydrates all day long, and what that's what that's called is metabolically, you're metabolically inflexible. Okay. Right? You have two sources of energy: one of them's carbs, one of them's fats. Mm -hmm. They can only tap into carbohydrates. It's like a tanker truck, right? The tanker is running off a of diesel. Mm -hmm. But he's hauling a lot of fat. Okay. All right. Let's say regular gas. 
if he runs out of diesel, he's not. No, this does not work with the truck. But we're just using yeah, this yeah. analogy. He can't tap into that he gas and he's hauling. It's not able to. Yeah, it's like most people's bodies. You can't do that. That's I never knew so that. One way you can increase insulin sensitivity, and even for an obese person, it can be done as, in as little as three days. It's just cut out carbohydrates for one, mm-hmm. or have them around training. Because your body, that's one benefit of exercise. Your body's very insulin sensitive around mm-hmm. training. It will get shoveled. You know, sugar. You upper, I'll try to keep this short. <laughs> She's already probably rolling her eyes at me. No, I just, I think about Xander. Xander always asks questions, and then he's just thinking, like, can I have some ice cream after dinner? And then it ends up being, like, a two-hour lecture of, <laughs> I know, uh, it's like the Charlie Brown teacher. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, wah, wah. I, I just look at Xander, and he's just like, I know that he's not hearing it. Dad, just say no to the ice cream. I'm tired of hearing. <laughs> Don't let him have it. Just like certain times, you know. Well, did like, you train today? Yeah. I mean, did you have other carbohydrates with dinner? You know, do you, think you, you really need it because carbohydrates ultimately need to be earned. But around training, I like that. I carbohydrates need to be earned. <laughs> I mean, really, and that's the way I've treated them for a long time. But you upregulate things called GLUT4 translocators and all this stuff around training. So insulin is able to shuttle um, sugar, where, glucose where it needs to be mm-hmm. okay, instead of being stored as fat. That's the short of it, not getting too complicated. So what you can do if you want to introduce some carbohydrates and also just good for back, because that's the issue with keto and, and carnivore. There's no fiber in there. Yeah, yeah, I and, uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and my mentor Joel Green, which I've mentored under for the last year, is an actual as absolute expert with immunity and gut bacteria, and I've learned a lot from him. Um, he wrote a book called The Immunity Code, which is excellent. I constantly you know source things out of mm-hmm. there and look through there, constantly learning from it. But um, yeah, gut bacteria is everything as far as immunity, as far yeah. as fat loss. Everything is involved with the gut. I mean, there's even a gut-brain connection. Okay. Um, crazy. But what you can do is things like oatmeal, potatoes, that's sweet and regular potatoes, mm-hmm. rice, and this is not something you cook, but green bananas, semi-green bananas. Okay. All right. When you cook any of those foods, like the rice and the oatmeal and the potatoes, and cool them. Preferably overnight, but you can even stick them in the freezer. Sometimes, if I'm in a hurry, I'll stick them in the freezer for 30 minutes. When you cool them, you turn them into a resistant starch. And when it's resistant, it passes through the small intestine, undigested. Okay. Oh. It goes to the large intestine, the colon, and it feeds the good. In short, there's a lot of terms I could be using here <laughs> and go into a, a lot of rabbit holes, but in short, it feeds the good bacteria. It's a pro. It's a prebiotic. Okay. Or probiotics, right? Yes. Probiotics are a pill you swallow, but you don't know where they're going. Right? Yeah. Your gut is a 360-degree bolus, okay? It has enterocytes on it. They're supposed to collect certain bacteria, right? You throw that probiotic down there, you don't know where it's going. It could be, it could be feeding bad bacteria, Yeah. which most people have a lot of from eating too much sugar, okay? But the, resist- the resistant starch... By the way, not to go off on another tangent, but cutting the sugar out of my life, too... I can't describe how good I feel in comparison because I never thought I felt bad until now that I feel good. I was right. like, oh, man, I was really sludgy. Like, it was terrible. No that's, sugar, is, yeah. it feels amazing. Once you get out of it, then you stop craving it. Yes. Also. That's, yes. That's another thing that I learned from him. Um, he actually uh, 
I don't know if you wrote about it in his new book, but he, he it's in his audio book. He mentions me, but anyway, that you feed good bacteria, mm-hmm. it creates something called bifidobacteria, which feeds butyrate. Butyrate's what lines your gut lining. I mean, resistant starches are great, and they're going to pass through the small intestine, which meaning they're not going to spike your blood sugar. Okay, as they normally would, especially something like white rice or a white potato. Um, oatmeal, sweet potatoes aren't too bad as far as spiking blood sugar. Is brown rice better than white rice? It's not any better. No, no. it's not it's not better at all. It's gonna be hard to digest as well. Oh, because because the coloring. Yeah, I think there's some called phytic acid. There's there's a few things in there, but oh man, uh, the, white the, rice is very very easy to digest. The time uh, kind of got away with me uh, with this interview, but I I still want to get uh, before we end this. Uh, I want to get on the program to overeat subject. I don't right, so we'll go back forget to that. about that. So they're programmed um, where we were. They'd sit down and eat as much fruit or honey as possible because they didn't know when they were going to get next. Mm-hmm. So that's, in short, how they're programmed, right? And it evolved very slowly. So they started cooking their meat, which is great because they used to eat it raw. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of uh, cooking meat. I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> <laughs> and when you cook it, of course, they made it easier digestible. They killed some parasites and some bacteria. All right, that was a very good thing, okay? Then they started making bone broth, and they started making bowls and different utensils, and they made bone broth, which is still a very good source. Mm -hmm. But then it started getting more concentrated into things like soy sauce and different sauces, Mm -hmm. right? And then it culminated in 1908 when a Japanese researcher made MSG. Okay. So where this is leading to is they're concentrating what... When it hits your tongue, it's that glutamate, glutamate umami flavor, all right, that leads back to meat, which is great, all right, but it's not meat. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of sodium Chinese, in that, right? Yeah, and we won't touch on sodium, but sodium is actually great for you, great for Okay. You. But that's a, that's another tangent I'm going to get on in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Chinese people, they just, I mean, buffets, it's MSG all over everything, mm-hmm. right? And it makes you eat more of it, and it makes it just taste better. All right, you're going to keep coming back for it. When your brain values, when you eat something like a Snickers bar or an Oreo or a laced potato chip, there's a certain amount of fat, sugar, and salt in there that creates what is called a bliss point. Mm-hmm. Companies pay millions of dollars to sci- for scientists to create this. And what happens is your brain values that so much because it's so calorie dense, mm-hmm. leading back to the way we're wired ancestrally. Say this is a very valuable food. Eat as much as you, of as you can. So it's like we're programmed to like junk food. Exactly. Like because it's such high it's, calorie. Yeah, we didn't have to spend much money for it. It's cheap. Yeah. We didn't have to spend any time for it, right? Great, it's, great trade off. Yeah. You mean, normally you have to cook a little bit, right? Yeah. You're not like Burger King, Wendy's, fast food. You yeah. Know? You just boom. So we're programmed that way, which is fine, but we don't need to eat that way because we have fast food and sheets and everything at every corner, mm-hmm. right? We're always minutes away from food, so there's no need to sit down <laughs> yeah, and go We are yourself. minutes away from food. I never thought of it like that. And I, you know, I watch people I've worked with over the years, they, you know, whether it's like free donuts or free pizza, every time they walk by it, it's just like something's just, they just, you know, it's free and it's hot calories. They don't know why they're doing it. I mean, of course it tastes good. Well, it used to be feast or famine, so they would feast when they could find food. Mm-hmm. But then we can always find food, so we're just always feasting rather than we're still praying. We're, we're not doing the famine. How does Our one have not changed in forty thousand years? Break that cycle, then. I want to call it willpower, but it's not willpower. Okay. okay. 
I used to believe in willpower. I used to say, oh, I have a lot of willpower. But willpower is, is, is finite. It's not something you can always just tap into. The more decisions you make throughout the day, your willpower eventually runs out. Yeah, yeah. It just does. That's why you make bad decisions at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And alcohol leads to, you know, GABA inhibition and all kinds of things. But um, so even when I leave work, knowing this, there's a huge parking lot where I work. Instead of deciding what cars I'm going to cut between to get mm-hmm. to my car, I choose the same way each time. There's a sidewalk. It takes a little bit longer. There's no decision making. Mm. So just just little things like that. So pattern. Yeah, but it's it's less decisions. Okay. Like guys like Zuckerberg, is that the one that owns Facebook? Yeah. Facebook? Yeah. yeah. His outfits are predetermined. Like he he knows what he's going to wear every day. I think Einstein did that too. Yeah, a lot of something like that. that. You know, we no, we get overwhelmed Einstein. with choice yeah. anymore. Um, I don't know if you guys. I've been to restaurants before. Where I've looked over the menu and I'm just so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with, you know, you know uh, choice is good. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's overwhelming. You know, you go to a restaurant. How do you want that? Black, brown? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, eggs like that. Just give me something to eat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, they want to make important decisions later on. Those guys, right? Yeah. Einstein and yeah. Zuckerberg, they have more decisions, important decisions to make more. Um, so they limit their decisions so they'll have more brain energy energy later on. So that's part of it. And I believe it is, is self-discipline. Okay. That's what you need. And I have... Everyone's talking about moderation, you know, the 80-20 rule, which is fine. You know, I allow myself a little bit of junk food too. But it's it's easier to do 100% than it is 98%. From... When you say, I'm not having that, you're not having it. There is no, well, maybe I'll have it this time and I'll cut it out tomorrow. When it's 100%, a little bit of it. It's No. Okay. And everybody at work knows, like, when it's time to order out, like, they'll ask me, you know, they're being nice. You want they, something? They know I'm not But they know it's going to be no. I tell you what, I've done that partially uh, with eliminating choices in my wardrobe because every shirt I try to wear is an Inquisitive Minds podcast shirt. You guys can get yours. <laughs> uh, link in the description. Check out all our merch. Pick something up. Help support the podcast. And before I forget, uh, Roast War Championship is back in Pittsburgh. It's called Unshackled, and it's back January 9th at the Parkway Theater. And I am the main event, and I'm going against Skywalker. Check that out, guys. More details to follow. And catch me on a recent podcast I did called Talking with Shadows, where I sat down with Marcus D. to discuss the adrenochrome conspiracy. Well, um, this has all been... Very interesting, you know. There's like so much more to talk about. Yeah, I, I I feel like I've just scratched the surface. If you guys want to come back in the future, sure. I'd love to have you because I I I found halfway through the episode I just have to mention something about nutrition, and you can carry the rest of the show. Yeah, I love it. Um, we didn't necessarily get to talk all about uh, like the entertainment industry, but okay. again, is there can anything? I say one yeah, thing? yeah. Um, well, we do have uh, – Xander and I were in a movie called Godsend recently. Uh, it's kind of in the rough stages. It's done. We're waiting for let, that. Let me uh, interrupt you real quick because uh, my next thing was going to lead in. It was going to say uh, anything you guys want to promote, where can we find you? Okay, so just, I have my list of So them. go at it. You okay. know, have at it. Um, so we are part of the Burning Bob family, Burning Bob Productions. Uh, they – they do books. They do movies. They actually have Christian films. They have horror films. It's pretty broad, but uh, we've basically been told we have a permanent home with them. And okay. I do know that they have five projects coming up, hopefully within this next year. So fingers crossed that we'll get get to be on uh, screen some more. But 
Uh, we Xander just had his premiere at the end of October for Midnight, and that is a remake of John Russo's 1984 cult classic. Um, okay. So much fun. We met so many awesome people there, but um, most of our films are now with Burning Bulb Publishing and... Also, Zach, Gavin said that he's not really into modeling, but every time he goes somewhere with us, with uh, Xander for, you know, be a supportive brother, they're like, oh, you got to do this too. You know so, what? And and just sitting here uh, across the studio from him, take this however you want it. You look like a model. Mm-hmm. Just lean into it, man. I just kn- deal with it. I know. I'm like, come on. They just, yeah, you can make bank on your face. Yeah. Why would you not do that? And he's like, I Some guess of us they can don't take have my that picture. option. <laughs> but... It's already been rescheduled at least three times, but if it's not rescheduled this time, February 13th at the Hilton Gardens in South Point, they have a fashion show with Dress Hut. It's actually for um, the Allegheny County's prom project where they raise money for children that are can't afford their prom dresses mm-hmm. or whatever, which I don't even know if they have prom anymore. I don't really know exactly how it's all going to work. Or if this is even going to happen. Yeah. But if it happens, then February 13th, we'll be back up here for uh, for them looking all handsome in their tuxedos. Okay. February 13th. Uh, what day of the week is that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Is there a website to it? or? Uh, I will. S- um, this is Dress Hut. It's Saturday. It's a Saturday. Okay. Um Dress Hut H A U T E. I think it's a um, it's a store in the mall where we just the Robinson Mall. Okay. Maybe. I think there's a dress shop there. That's who's sponsoring them. But it's going to be a big event. I think a bunch of uh, dress shops are all participating. Okay. In this. Um, I mean, anybody has any questions? I I brag about these boys all the time on my social media. So uh, if you have any questions about Dress Hut, uh, that fashion show or any of the movies or anything like that than uh, Sarah Hayes on Facebook. Okay. Um, and how about you? Uh, you want to promote uh, Ways of Hayes at all? Is there a website someone could reach out to you or an email address? reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, it's Ways of Hayes Fitness, I believe. It is. Right? It is Ways of Hayes Fitness. <laughs> they can message me on there or Facebook. Just, I'm under Scott Hayes. And I'll help out however I can. Okay. Pro bono right now is, is all I'm doing. Um, I am writing a book. I have a whole, I have a brand called Winning Tactical Encounters, mainly geared towards law enforcement, but it could be any first responder or special forces in the military. Mm-hmm. This book's mainly towards n- nutrition and supplementation. There'll be several others as far as communication skills and stress and sleep issues, but that's hopefully going to be released um, February, maybe. Sarah's writing a book as well. She's working out the details on it. That will blow mine away. Okay. <laughs> to say, but yeah, um, she's got some things to figure out on how to write it. But when she does, it's going to be phenomenal. I've been speaking with my publisher, and I'm trying to figure out how to go. Um, I'm going to have to do it under a pen name because I have a very, very dark history. Mm. Uh, very dark. People, if they knew my story, they're like, how do you even get out of bed? But... I am not only surviving, I'm thriving, That's which is wonderful. why I have to write my book, because I came from this, and look at me now. That's a beautiful story. So, I love it. So I feel like I need to, even if I can't use my own name. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, gentlemen, anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, nah, nothing I can think of. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I'll talk about a few books that people, you know, the things we talked about. Thick and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I'm sorry, say that again? Thick and Grow Rich. 
Thinking Grow Rich? Think and Grow Rich. Oh, okay. Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Sorry, I've had too much coffee. I'm probably talking too, too <laughs> fast. But, um, the Secret, which is about the law of attraction. Now, there's many books on it. There's one called The Master Key, which was written like in the 19, early 1900s by Charles Handel. But if you get this book called The Secret by Rhonda Blind, I think it's her name, um, it gives you everything you need. And I, I truly used it with my career. You know, I, I tripled my salary within two years. Even picturing the clothes I was going to wear to work is, mm-hmm. is what I work, you know, what I wear now to work. I mean, everything was pictured oh, okay. and visualized in, in advance. So I've used it. Sarah's used it. I'm pretty sure the boys have used it. Um, well, Xander uses it and doesn't realize because he's yeah. so conf. Like I said, he he's like, yeah, I'll get the part, and then he always gets the part. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah, he he's actually the most chilled, laid back boy. Yet when he has a camera on him. Not not so much now, I know, because we're talking too much, but uh, he's, <laughs> he just go with the flow. Like, he just, he doesn't care. Um, he's like, I'm Xander. This is who I am. You like me or you don't. Here I am. And um, he goes with that, and it works for him. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all uh, for coming in. It was amazing having you. Great opportunity. That's I hope, uh, hope we can get you back on in the future yeah. at some point, because this was so fascinating to me. Um, guys, check out the Teespring store. You know where to find me on social media if you're still listening to me at this point. Uh, <laughs> check out What in the History with my co-host, Dan Brady. Um, that's all. Enjoy your days. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>